Hey everyone, welcome to the Prince of Peace podcast, where our aim is to help you live and love like Jesus. I'm Lauren Hlaud, one of the pastors of Prince of Peace. We're glad that you're here and we hope you enjoy. Do you feel lately as if your life is just sort of off? off balance, off kilter. 2020 has been an absolutely crazy year. It's been disorienting to say the least, but it's definitely been disruptive. Nearly every aspect of our lives has has been changed or altered. The way we do education, the way we go to work, hanging out with friends, eating meals, every area of life seems to have been impacted. One of the things that's happened in my life during this season is that it seems as though when I began 2020, I had a very clear plan. I'm a goal setter. I like to plan. I like to chart the course ahead. And I remember starting in January of this year with very clear goals for the year ahead, hopes for the year, anticipation for what was to come. But throughout all this disorientation, throughout all of this change, it seems as though those priorities just sort of vanished. A whole new set of thoughts came, came into my mind, as I'm sure it's happened for you. When we go through so much change, so much adversity, so many things are shifting in our lives, it's easy for our core priorities to escape us. Our lives end up becoming so impacted by external forces. We start thinking about different things. Our goals adjust. We're mindful that right now we're right at the start of a brand new season. The fall is right around the corner and in the coming weeks, students will start going back to school. Many of our schedules will be changing. It feels like a new chapter in this ongoing saga of COVID-19. As we enter into that new chapter and that new phase, uh, we're going to be exploring a new teaching series, a new sermon series for the next five weeks. We're calling it First Things First. I remember hearing that phrase so often as a little kid. I would would wanna go do something. I would wanna go out in the neighborhood and play with my friends. And my mom would say, well, Lorne, first things first, you have to finish your peas. <laughs> You've got to finish supper. First things first, you better tackle that homework. It's become a common phrase just in our culture. First things first. That's what we'll be exploring. First things first. What are some foundational priorities or principles that can help guide our lives in the midst of what is going to be ongoing change and adjustments. We don't know the future. We can't predict everything that's coming down the road for the rest of this year or into 2021. So in the midst of all of that chaos, we're going to be returning to five simple ideas that have a profound impact for readjusting, realigning, reprioritizing our life as followers of Jesus. We're going to be exploring the themes of repentance, rest, relationships, renewal, and restoration. Each one of these 
core themes have a great way to impact how we live, how we love. And my hope, my prayer is that through this series, you would find clarity once again for what matters most. So first things first, we're going to explore the theme of repentance. Now, when you hear the word repent, a lot of thoughts might come to mind for you. A lot of feelings might be evoked within you. Repent. It's a biblical word. It's a common word that we share, but it's one that comes with often a lot of baggage. People hear the word repent, and it can, it can conjure up feelings or emotions of fear or trepidation or guilt or maybe even shame in a very unhealthy sense. So I want to unpack that word just a little bit for us. The Greek word in the New Testament where we translate into to repentance is the word metanoia. And it very literally means to change, one's, to change one's mind, to think about something differently. In the Old Testament in Hebrew, we have the word teshuv, which means to literally move in a new direction, to turn one's gaze into a new area of focus in life. Biblical repentance is a lot less about shame or guilt or feelings of fear or trepidation. It's more about finding a realignment, realigning with God's vision for the world and for our lives. So first things first, I know that I need to repent constantly, daily, weekly, all of the time, I need to be born again and again and again. Repentance isn't a one-time activity. It's not a one-time event. It's a daily event. It's an ongoing orientation towards life that we need to constantly be reimagining, rethinking, reshaping how we see the world. In a world filled with so much confusion, I want us all to embrace this gift from God called repentance. We're going to look at the story of Zacchaeus in Luke chapter 19. We have this beautiful illustration of a tax collector named Zacchaeus. We're led to believe that Zacchaeus was a wealthy man. He was one of the chief tax collectors. And Zacchaeus had heard about this man who was teaching and preaching and healing people all throughout the countryside, all throughout the region. And one day Zacchaeus heard that this teacher named Jesus was coming through his town. And Zacchaeus is curious. There's something inside of Zacchaeus that wants to learn more, wants to grab a glimpse of this Jesus. But there's a challenge for Zacchaeus. He's a we're told he's a small man. He's small in stature. He's shorter than everyone else in the crowd. And wherever Jesus seemed to have gone during his ministry, a crowd would form and follow. And so as Jesus enters the town, Zacchaeus can't get a glimpse of this teacher. And so what does Zacchaeus do? He climbs up a sycamore tree, we're told. Can you imagine? Here's this chief tax collector, a man of authority, a man of responsibility, a man with great honor in his culture, power, authority. 
And he, he recognizes internally that he might be lacking something, missing something. He's hungry for, for a glimpse. At who? A, a rabbi, a, a teacher of the Jewish tradition? But a different kind of rabbi, a rabbi whose ministry was unorthodox to say the least. This wasn't the rabbi who was teaching primarily in the synagogue. This was the rabbi who had a reputation, a reputation where a lot of people were, were open and curious about his ministry. But Christ also had this reputation that maybe he wasn't a teacher to be trusted. Others were skeptical. And so here's this man Zacchaeus with power and authority who's curious. We're told he climbs a tree. He climbs a tree. The man with power, the man with authority, climbs a tree like a little kid. I don't know the last time um, you've climbed a tree. It's been many years since I've climbed a tree. But here's Zacchaeus climbing a tree. And he very literally is turning his face to shove towards Christ. Just to catch a glimpse. And what does Zacchaeus What does he find? He finds that Jesus is looking at him. As Zacchaeus turns toward Christ, changes the direction of his gaze towards the Lord, he finds that the Lord Christ is looking at him. And Jesus says, Zacchaeus, come down. I want to dine with you tonight. A controversial statement. It sent the crowd in a fervor. Is he really going to dine with Zacchaeus, a tax collector, a sinner, others are calling him? But there's Christ, certain. Let's go and let's dine. And as Zacchaeus and Jesus share a meal that evening, we're led to believe in very few words that something changed within him. There was a metanoia a new way of thinking, a new way of of realizing what really mattered in his life. There was an alignment of priorities for Zacchaeus as he spends time with Jesus. And he even says to Jesus, if I have defrauded anyone, if I have robbed anyone of their riches, if I have been unfair in my practice as a tax collector, if I have used my power and my authority to my own gain, then I will return the money four times over. What's happening in his life is he's embodying what it means to truly biblically repent, to move in a new direction. Now, what we don't have here in this passage, we don't see that Zacchaeus is groveling at the feet of Jesus. We don't see that Zacchaeus is begging for mercy. We don't see Christ Um, using fear-based tactics, telling Zacchaeus, you must repent, you must turn in a new direction, you must change your life, which is so often how we hear people use the word repentance. They throw it at us. What changed Zacchaeus' heart? What changed his mind? What helped Zacchaeus move in a new direction? I like to think that it had everything to do with when he climbed the tree. There he is, climbing the tree, wanting to get a glimpse of Christ. Maybe what changed his heart is that he saw the eyes of Christ looking back at him. 
not with condemnation, not with shame, not with guilt, not with fear, but with love. You see, Zacchaeus, I think his heart was changed because in his longing for something more, he realized that he was already loved, that he already belonged. And the realignment of heart, well, it happened. First things first. We are so often like Zacchaeus. We go through our lives and we end up kind of living on autopilot. Our work, our education, our school, our responsibilities. We, We end up building these lives for ourselves or the world builds a life for us. And every now and then, I think we would do well to climb a tree, so to speak. To climb a tree in order to just get a glimpse of where God might be in the world. And when we do that, it's so much less about us looking for God as it is the reality that we find that God has always been looking at us. This biblical life of walking with God, of returning to God, it's it's a daily exercise. And as we return to God, we discover that God has never left us. That God's love and forgiveness and mercy is always there for us in our life. And I think it's that love and that embrace that, that changes us. One of my favorite bands is Mumford & Sons. Great band. Whether you like them or not, I love them. And they have a song, a lyric to one of their songs. And it, and it goes something like this. I'm not going to sing it, but it goes something like this. It's not the long walk home that will change my heart. It's the warm embrace that I receive that is a restart. It's not the long walk home that will change my heart. It's not being turned away or judgment or a punishment that will really change a heart. It's the warm embrace that I receive with the restart. That warm embrace that we receive is God's gift to the world. It's God's gift to you. It's God's gift to me. No matter how far off or lost we feel, no matter how confused we might get with our lives, even the mistakes we make, the choices we make, the words we say to our loved ones, no matter how far we feel we've drifted, this is what we proclaim as the church. God's love is bigger than all of it. God's mercy and God's heart for you and for me and for all the world is far more powerful than our biggest misstep or our biggest mistake. As overwhelming as the world can feel and, and as far off as we think we might be drifting from God, we know that God's love is like an anchor tethered to our heart. And so my encouragement for us as a community of faith, for you, wherever you might be listening, is that you would turn once again and that you would find and that you would see that God is looking straight at you with eyes of love, mercy, and a new beginning. First things first, we thank God for this gift of true repentance. Amen. 
Thanks for tuning in to the Prince of Peace podcast. I hope that today's message has brought comfort and inspiration to your life. Have a great rest of the week.